the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. There was a small boy, about five years old, who was terrified by thunderstorms. One evening during a storm, the lightning crashed and the thunder clapped and rattled the house. The little boy jumped out of his bed and ran into his parents' room and cried out, Mommy, Daddy, I'm scared. His mother whispered ever so gently into his ear as she hugged him tightly, It'll be all right. God is here with us. And the little boy replied with a loud whisper as he clung tight to his mother, I know God is with me, but sometimes I just need a God with skin on. God with skin on. God in the flesh. That is what we all desire, and that is why we sing in that hauntingly beautiful chant, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us, is the one who takes away the fears of the raging storms in our lives when the raging storm of judgment and the devil's accusations come against our lives and our homes, God does not wish us to rely on our own merits. The fear is too great. The burden is too heavy to bear on our own. Rather, God would desire that we cling to his beloved Son, who has become bone of our bones and flesh of our flesh. Many Christians are tempted to think that the Son of God wasn't doing much before his conception in the womb of the Virgin Mary, that he didn't really come onto the scene until the New Testament. The whole idea of Jesus in the, in the Old Testament seems a bit foreign to our ears. But in fact, Jesus, the Son of God, has been intimately involved with his people since the beginning in the Garden of Eden. He was, is, and always will be our Emmanuel, God with us. At the, at the bidding of his heavenly Father, the Son of God descended to this earth at various times to be with his people, Israel, to speak his word to them, to guide them and deliver them from their enemies. All of this was a precursor to the time when Jesus would descend to earth in the ultimate way, taking on our flesh and blood to save us from our sins. In today's reading, we encounter the Israelites after they were freed from slavery and traveled in the wilderness. The tabernacle was a simple yet portable, but also holy and heavenly. The tabernacle's perimeter was 150 by 75 feet and marked by a curtain panel seven feet in height. The outer curtains surrounded a courtyard that contained another tent, the holy place. And within the holy place, separated by a veil, was the holy of holies. There dwelt the living God, enthroned upon the Ark of the Covenant, Endowed with the Spirit of God, skilled craftsmen fashioned the tabernacle furnishing using precious metals and finely woven fabrics. Many furnishings glistened with gold overlay, and the lid on the ark 
where the high price poured the blood of atonement was made of solid gold. Its decorations marked the tabernacle as heaven on earth. The curtains and the veils were embroidered with pictures of cherubim, and two cherubim of hammered gold stood upon the lid of the ark. The images declared, here you are entering heaven itself. Here you are meeting the God of heaven. Here heaven has come down to earth, and God has come near to you in holiness and mercy. This tent of meeting was the new Eden, where God would dwell with his people again. The angels marked the entrance to the Holy of Holies, the new Eden, heaven on earth. God pitched his tent in the midst of his people. He dwelt with them upon earth. The tabernacle's great bronze altar, the golden lid on the ark, and the sacrifices would provide the blood of atonement so the unholy, stiff-necked sinners might be forgiven and dwell in the midst of God. The presence of the Lord here in the tabernacle was none other than the Son of God, Jesus, the Savior. It was a living prophecy of how the heavenly and the earthly would come together in the permanent and enduring way in the conception of Jesus at his birth in Bethlehem. Whenever the pillar of cloud and fire appeared before God's children, they knew the Lord was there himself. He was with them. Emmanuel. The Apostle John teaches us these important words in his first chapter. The word that is the Son of God became flesh and dwelt among us. The word dwelt is actually another word for tabernacled or tented. So we could translate John's statement in this way. The word became flesh and tabernacled among us. Jesus has set up his tent in our midst. The glory of the Lord dwells in human flesh and blood. God and man forever in Christ so that all humanity might be raised up to the glory of God. That is why Christmas is such a joyous time for us. It celebrates this mysterious reality. Though we had separated ourselves from God and cut ourselves off from his life through sin, in his incarnation, Christ has crossed the canyon we had created. He bridged the gap between heaven and hell and has brought us back to God. We have been restored into a holy fellowship. This is the glory of Christmas. Just like the angels adorned the Ark of the Covenant in the tent of meeting that God met with his people. So the angels accompanied Jesus at his birth with these words, Fear not, behold, I bring you great news of great joy, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be the sign for you shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, a God with skin on for you. What joy. The Lord Jesus still tabernacles himself among us as we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. Consider this. When you enter through these doors, through that narthex, you are great, greeted by a, painted, a painting on the wall of the entrance of that great archway 
which tells you how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And then as you walk into this sanctuary, this holy place, this tent, so to speak, you see two other angels which greet you with these words, here is the glory of God to bring peace in the midst of your chaotic lives. And I don't know if you've ever thought about it much, but you will notice every Sunday a tent is pitched on that altar here in your midst. And in that tent, God is enfleshed before you in flesh and blood, in with and under bread and wine to commune with you and become one flesh with you. Emmanuel, God with us. These are the very means which God will lead you to the promised land of heaven, just as he did for the children of Israel so long ago. Here God is, set a tent for you. Finally, in the last book of the Bible, John described the fulfillment of our Advent prayer, O come, O come, Emmanuel. John describes it this way, heaven, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God will, himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. There, there will be no more fear, no more thunderstorms or lightning, no isolation, no exile, no fear, no separation, no more storms of life. We will experience the fulfillment of the Lord's name, Emmanuel, God with us for all eternity. And we shall behold him face to face. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith to Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. Amen.